What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to A Few Things, where we give our greatest discoveries the podcast they deserve. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. This show is brought to you by Avakind. Find out more and sign up for our newsletter at avakind.com, where you can also buy our book. Um, and also, hey, if you want to leave us a voicemail, 833-OVAKIND. Our book is called Work Wife. Tell them. Oh, yeah, Work Wife. Yeah. yeah they know at this they point, know. don't you think? Who I mean, knows? Like, Maybe somebody's tuning in specifically to hear us talk about this mashup grab bag of things. <laughs> and they're like, I've never First listened episode. before. Yeah. But this one where we discuss... Best of 10 things. Yeah, um, that's the one. Best of 10 things episode. I'm Get flipping ready. through the script and I'm just seeing like there's a miniature rhino. There's talk <laughs> about bunnies. There's talk about Diane Keaton. Like who wouldn't want to join? Yeah. Come, on. Come on. Come on in. Water is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were in LA last week. No, I don't know. Who knows? My, a month ago-ish. <laughs> a while ago. And I was like, you know what I'm doing this summer is shorts. Um, you did. You said I'm doing shorts. Yeah, I'm doing shorts this summer. And several weeks later, Avakind answered my wishes with a really cute pair of shorts. Um, there are these, I think, you know, they're even technically culottes. They are culottes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. What do you think is the difference between a culotte and a Bermuda short? A Bermuda short's like a tighter, like a slimmer yeah, Bermuda cut? Sh- well, Bermuda short's like a longer short. A cu- the diff- I think the, diff- the question you're really wanting to ask is what's the difference between a culotte and a skort? Well, a skort has the panel in front. That's right. Well, and what makes meant a sort of look like a, a, a skirt. skirt? Yeah, okay. it's sort of like flowy. And if someone were just and it can walking be any by length, you. yeah, culotte okay. just is like that flowiness of being okay. like, is that a skirt? Oh no, it's shorts. Okay, that's that's what culottes. it is. Okay, that's a culotte. Yeah, Bermuda shorts are just long shorts. Okay, got it. Yeah. Well, this is definitely a culotte. It's like a long. Well, maybe it's like almost a little bit of a Bermuda short because it's a Bermuda short length. Maybe. I'm I'm 100% sure it's a culotte. It's definitely a culotte. Yeah, I'm on the fence about it being a Bermuda short. By the way, it's linen and elastic waistband. I don't know what more you're looking for in a short. No, it's like the caftan of shorts. (laughs) That's right. I do really (laughs) think this is the summer we're all going to just want to be wearing shorts. So you should grab them now with the code a few things and get 10% off. That's the Devlin Van Loon culotte short. So good. So, so good. Um, I started the last podcast intro by saying we saw a play recently and, and we I, did and, and i'm gonna play i'm gonna start Gosh, the what, same the what same ripe, this episode. how ripe this yeah. play was for content oh Who my knows? gosh truly yeah yeah the play we saw was burn this um we saw it based on the uh, knowledge of two things about it um Carrie Russell and Adam Driver. That's all we knew about it. Yeah. Right? Well, we'd seen the posters, which makes it seem very Which salacious, had Carrie Russell and Adam Driver. But smushed very closely <laughs> together, I would say. That's right. Yeah. And I think that the smushing was really a genuinely part of the appeal. Oh, for sure. And to be clear, I mean, just in case it comes up, we are not in the, like, Adam Driver is a hunk 
camp. Absolutely We not. were really being nice to our friends who are in the Adam Driver's Absolutely not. Camp. I am so, I am, yeah. you and I do not have the same taste in men, uh, but he is one we both agree to not have taste <laughs> that's in. That's right. Yeah, which is special. So that's that's not actually what we came here to talk about, And though. interestingly, we I, the content that we got for the podcast, none of it came from the play itself, no. which neither well, of us were th- that into. Unless the play itself is considered the length of the play, <laughs> which is way too long. It was like a three and a half hour play. It was like three. It was. I think so you long. also. I think there were a couple of. Fa- I mean, it was long, but yeah. you walked out being like the first. <laughs> the only thing I really need to say is that was long. Um, it was also so hot in the theater. It was like the first was, hot day. It was like they. It was like they hadn't realized that you might need to turn the AC on that time of year yet. So it was very stuffy and steamy in there. And Carrie and not Russell because wasn't what was happening on no, the stage. And Carrie Russell wasn't bothered because she was wearing slip dresses the, the whole entire, time. The entire time. But it was the second time in a week where I had walked out just being like, holy cow, that was so long. Because what else did you? Oh, we, we went saw and saw that movie. It's a Well, here's the, okay, so here's the, the other mm-hmm. thing I will say. I think you are in a, I, those things were both long. I will they just, were both, no, like, not only long, but too long. Both, absolutely. Both of those yeah. things were both too long. So the play, the movie for anybody wondering is Blinded by the Light. It's, um, it's a lovely, like, feel good story set to it the was, tune It was really Bruce excellent. I really hits. enjoyed it. Yeah, um, I but did not. It, I know you did not. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It was too long. Yeah. Um, I think you're also in a really specific headplace where you're like, I just had a kid mm-hmm. not that long ago. If I'm like, I want to have this like wonderful cultural experience, but I also don't want to be out of the house for a half a goddamn day. For sure. No, every. And, and these, and these things did not fill that, check that box at all. Every commitment I make to entertainment is a, is a calculus of like, will it be worth leaving my kid? Will it be worth paying a babysitter? All of that. And then these things, they, you got to give a warning. It's like, you know, we have these like PG warnings. I also want to just like know right up front. Is it, is it over two hours? Yeah, totally. And I think you and I both come the, from the place where we expect entertainment to be 90 minutes. And my favorite type of play is 90 minutes, no intermission. That's yeah. the dream. Because what do I need? the inter- What am I sitting through the intermission? It's just people getting up and awkwardly and crawling over you and like right. waiting for the bathrooms too long, whatever. Well, it's and you just, never get to actually go to the bathroom. No. Have, no, unless you race out of that theater before the like the lights even no. go up, you're not going you're to the not bathroom. You're not going to the bathroom. So the intermission's a waste of 20 minutes of my time. Apparently the new Avengers movie is like a full day commitment. So here's what I have to say about the new Avengers movie. In other countries, mm-hmm. they're inserting an intermission into the new Avengers movie. And, wow. and, and in some of these countries uh, where they're doing this, it's just more common in mm-hmm. general. So I will say, I will give that caveat. Yeah. But they're inserting an intermission because this movie is over three hours yep. and people need a ch- chance to go to the bathroom. CNET mm-hmm. has a guide to when in the movie to leave to go to the bathroom. There's an app that my, my mother-in-law loves movies. And so she has an app for like that like does it for all sorts of movies about when to pee. Um, because it's a problem. This is a problem. I mean, the <laughs> I, I it just also makes me think that that should just exist for children's movies because I've seen movies with my nephews and they like they needed to pee in the middle of Ferdinand. And that was not a long movie. No, they need to pee like every yeah, 15 to 20 minutes. I feel minutes. like that should yeah. really exist for kids. But I, it needs to exist because we're living in this era where everything is so long. Like it's, and and people just like are. I feel like now it's like a big sort of like barrier your chest moment of like how long can you be? Can you be Harry Potter? Can you be Angels in America? Can you? Well, be both this? of which are like these like two part. Yes. Dedicate your life. Weekend. Dedicate your entire yeah, yeah, yeah. life. Like it's just this like yeah this like show of like. Look what I can do. And I'm over it. Show me what you can do in a short amount of time and then I'll be impressed. Okay. So here's what I will tell you. Mm -hmm. I did some research on whether things have actually gotten longer. Yeah. Um, And it's sort of, 
it's a bit of a mixed result mm-hmm. here. So basically, early films were pretty short. Yeah. And then things got longer yep. in like the 50s, 60s. Let mm-hmm. me find from Business Insider <laughs> article um, where this guy, Dr. Randall Olson, looked at the runtimes of the 25 most popular movies each year from 1931 to 2013. So from 1950 to 1965, Movies got longer, significantly longer. And that's when we got these like epics like Lawrence of Arabia and Ten Commandments and things that would make you roll over in your effing grave, Claire. This is not the movies for you. But then between 1965 and 1985, they got shorter. You know why? Hmm. VHS tapes only held so much movie. Oh, interesting. We need a limitation like a VHS tape, basically. And then from 1985 to now, they've gotten longer again. And they like cap the the, like average is 120 minutes, which is two hours, which is half an hour too long by our standards. You know, Um, and that's as of 2013. And the Rolling Stone film critic in this art, uh, Peter Travers in this article says, Hollywood studios believe movies are weighed by the pound when it comes to Academy thinking. If it ain't long, it ain't winning. So the Best Picture nominations for this year? The Favorite's 120 minutes. That's a shorty. Green Book is 130. Bohemian Rhapsody is 134. Roma's 135. Black Panther's 135. And A Star is Born, which was the longest, is 136. Well, and the winner was Green Book, right? Coming in at 130. Yeah, so these movies, so well, so it just goes to show <laughs> you don't have to be the longest. That extra six minutes of A Star Is Born did nothing for them. <laughs> no, I actually think that you know A Star Is Born had a poor showing at the Oscars this yeah, year, uh, right. disappointing showing. So maybe if they just trim those six minutes, you think they'd have a better shot. That's right. You think it would be? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I yeah, I think it's ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. What are you excited about these days? Oh, so many things. Okay, tell me. Um. So I'm here to report that my husband, Thomas, has a new hobby. Mm. Um, he has 434. So this is his 435th hobby. Okay. Um, it's, it, it's, it would be more momentous for other people who have just yeah. had like six or seven hobbies. Right. Um, but he has gotten into sashiko, mm. which is this ancient Japanese art of um, basically hand stitching. Right. Um, uh, like I'll often denim or quilting mm-hmm. or some sort of fabric um, in a like in a visually appealing way that mm-hmm. sort of calls attention to the fact that it was flawed. So yeah. he's been doing this to patch jeans that get holes in them. It feels similar to I'm going to forget it's the name. Kinsu- it's like yeah. very similar yeah, to kintsugi, exactly. which is the uh, way that you repair pottery with gold that yeah. sort of calls attention to, to the, the fact. Yeah, yeah, exactly that it's a flawed mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. Um, which is just like a very Japanese approach. Yeah. Um, but I got him a little kintsugi kit from Noah Sashiko. That's kit. right. Yeah. A little sashiko kit from the site Miniature uh, Rhino, which is run by this wonderful woman, Jessica Marquez, who wrote a book called Make and Mend that like gets at sort of mm-hmm. all of these things. And he really just like went for it. He repaired- And he's very good at like at slow, detailed, methodical sort of processes in yes, general. He's that's a patient right. man. He is. Um, and he likes like little sewing projects in general. Um, so this just really spoke to him. But he- this is the same man who, when he needed to leave a message for the New York Times delivery man, drew the New York Times logo, logo. in pen, like it, it, an exact replica, basically. Claire, this is the man who this weekend we had an issue with our car battery and it's like a long and boring story, but basically he ended up disconnecting the battery to to save to serve its to save its power since we don't drive it every week. Who drew on the sign on our door that says that the battery is disconnected as a reminder, the battery 
and where the where the thing needs to be reconnected. Wow, as if I'm just gonna like diagram. as if I'm just gonna walk down and be like, oh go, well, great, I've got this <laughs> pencil drawing, so I'm good to go. Like no, I'm like you're gonna have to walk yeah. me through the process mm-hmm. of reconnecting the battery. Yeah. This diagram. But he enjoyed will not. the drawing exercise. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Just like he enjoys sewing these little so denim he like, repairs. Yeah. Has he repaired any of your denim? Not yet, but he will. I'm, I'm Does certain he, of do it. Do you have any in the queue for him? No, I don't yet. I need to sort of figure out figure out where where to go with that. Thank you to Ritual for sponsoring today's episode. So the other day, I was like, oh, I have to tell you this thing. And it's like, you know, when we went to the drugstore and you bought that tiny conditioner and I bought all those vitamins, which already was like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. Erica bought a tiny conditioner to take with her to New Orleans. And, and I you bought like so tons many of vitamins. vitamins because I had, I was trying to drop a pumping session, but not get a, a like a breast pump session. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not get a clogged duck. And former um, guest on a few things, Erica Chitty Cohen, had counseled me that if I was taking vitamin C and lecithin, that would help sort of like avoid this fate. So I bought all these vitamins at the drugstore. Already obviously have a huge cabinet full of expired vitamins at home added to it. And then got home that day and there was an Amazon package and I was like, what did I order? And it was like the same oh, vitamins. Mm-hmm. The, the same, same vitamins. I think vitamins. I have so much lecithin now in my life. <laughs> I actually, that's not true though, because I returned the lecithin that I bought on Amazon, which I never return anything from Amazon, but I was like, I can't have this much lecithin. Well, guess what? If you subscribe to your vitamins, instead of buying them from multiple retailers and then returning one of them, you would be in a much better situation. Enter Ritual, the obsessively researched vitamin for women. Ritual's essentials have all the nutrients most of us don't get enough of from our diets, all in their purest, cleanest form. No shady additives or ingredients that actually do more harm than good to your body. You take two easy-to-take capsules and you get nine nutrients you need to build a stronger foundation for better health. Ritual is traceable and transparent. For obsessive label readers, all of Ritual's vitamins are vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free. Hey. Um, So if you want to try out Ritual, which you 100% should, visit ritual.com slash a few things and start your Ritual today. That's ritual.com slash a few things. Let um, me know when he's ready to go outside the family. I feel like I have a couple projects <laughs> yeah, for him. I'm certain. I do feel you like now I'm busy for paying the tailor too much. Does he want to like take on just like basic tailoring, like really simple? I just have some straps I need shortened. That no, feels like because, something he could do. No, because he has a tailor down the street he goes to who he's actually taken a pair of swim trunks to before. Wow, what yeah, he's was gotten, wrong with the swim trunks? Well, they and were why much too he, large. Thank you. Why couldn't he sashiko them? Well, they needed to be taken okay. in. They weren't They weren't. Uh, they torn. Weren't torn. Okay. They needed to be totally redone. They okay. were too big. Um, wow. Yeah. So he's wow. gotten some tracks, ta- some tracks tailored. Yeah. How about you? Um, I think the thing that I really, I just can't stop thinking about is Diane Keaton's Instagram. And it calls to mind that we talked about like a year ago about Nancy Meyer's Instagram. And I feel like Diane Keaton is like the fashion version of that. It's a fashion version, but also like, honestly, I, I don't I mean to criticize Nancy Meyer's, but Diane Keaton is on a whole other level. She is basically a fashion Instagrammer. She Instagrams mostly just her outfits and some other stuff too and like some self-promotional stuff. I'm now aware that she has a new movie coming out called Palms where it's like an older group of women who become like pom-pom girls. Um, so 
this Instagram just did all the work it was trying to do. Oh, 100%. Yeah. She, and she, the one thing about um, the all ca- about her Instagram is that everything is in all caps. She recently clarified for her audience that that does not mean that she's screaming. Yeah, good it's to just, know. She just likes all caps and it's not sure. about, she's not screaming. So does my mom. You um, know, I, I, yeah, maybe it's a generational <laughs> it's thing. It's just easier for her. Although I, it's, I, it is a, it's weird because on the iPhone, you have to go through the trouble of turning on the all caps and keep turning it on. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to read you some sample captions. Um, Please. I rarely wear this, but it's spring. I feel like I'm ready for a new adventure. Sassy and anxious to go. She's, it's poetry. There's a tiny bit of Ruth Reichel in mm, it too. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Like the sassy and ready yes. to go part. Yeah. Sassy and anxious to go. Oh, yes. Yeah. Anxious actually helps mm-hmm. my case, yeah. I would say. Another one. Promise I don't always wear black. Every detail here is black and white. No solid black or white. I'll be adding some color soon. Then my favorite thing is that Candace Bergen piped up in the comments and said, no, you won't. Why pretend? (laughs) And then she really hit like a peak recently when she posted a picture of herself in like essentially like skater jeans. They were these wide leg jeans. And she wrote, regarding these pants, this is seriously true. I wore them on the plane. I wore them in the Hotel DuPont. I wore them in the Delaware Art Museum. I wore them on a long walk through the Wilmington streets. I'm wearing them on the train to NYC. I've never received more compliments on anything I've ever worn in my entire life. So then the comments are just exploding with celebrities wanting to know who makes the pants because she's talking so much about these pants and it's like, but who makes them? So you've got Michelle Pfeiffer. She's given no context. No, Michelle Pfeiffer, Gwyneth Paltrow, Deborah Messing. Everybody wants to know who makes the pants. And then you have several people in my camp, which I wanted to know who made the pants, but I was also just wanted to know, like, what are you doing in Delaware? Obviously. <laughs> I <laughs> so, mean, I knew exactly what where, what your question, what so line you of questioning you So you had fellow Delawarean after. Aubrey Plaza, who didn't even want to know. She just said, Delaware loves you. And for all <laughs> I know, Aubrey Plaza knew why she was in Delaware, so she wasn't asking. But then you have full circle, Nancy Myers said, you're the coolest, XO from a longtime fan. And then in parentheses, what's happening in Delaware? Um, and then Mary Steenburgen chimed in and said, girl, you left out that you wore them to dinner with me, Candace, and Jane days ago. That being Candace Bergen and Jane Fonda, obviously, because no, of course. book club reunion. Yeah. Um, and, and then you have a million people peppered throughout the comments being like, they're Jenko, they're Urban Outfitters. And but like, no, everybody seems very confident of this, but no one can. No confirm. one has a real answer. And then like a week, full week later, she posts and she's like, they're Margiela because, of course, they're Margiela. Um, anyways, it's just a delight. The comment sections of all of them are just filled with celebrities, like sort of pushing the plot forward. And I, I highly recommend to follow. This is this is lovely. Yeah. This is fantastic. I also like the idea of a book club reunion. Oh, I, th- those those ladies love each other. Those ladies are getting together all the time. Work wives. Yeah, that's right. They are work wives. Work wives. Um, okay, speaking of sort of celebrity uh, nonsense, mm-hmm. um, Amy Sedaris. Yes. Feels like she and Diane Keaton would get along. A hundred percent. If they're not already pals. There is just like no way that they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So... Amy Sedaris is wonderful and lovely, and it's hard not to like everything she does. But the thing that I really connect with the most is uh, her engagement around being a rabbit mom. Mm-hmm. Um, like you. Just like me. Um, you guys need to start a club yeah. for rabbit moms. Well, a mom group. Well, yeah, she sort of, I mean, she sort of is in a club, which is called the House Rabbit Society. <laughs> How um, do you get in? I don't think it's so hard to get in. Okay. I don't think it's like as exclusive as it sounds. Do they have you an know? Instagram account? Oh, certainly. Okay. House Rabbit Society? Certainly. Okay. Certainly. So okay. anything pet related has an Instagram okay. account. Like if you run, yeah. Um, but so Amy Sedaris 
is very vocal about rabbit care and her relationship with her rabbit. And uh, her current rabbit is named Tina. Okay. Um, That's a good she, rabbit Yeah, name. it's a great rabbit name. She recently found out Tina's a boy. Um, but she's, you know, <laughs> pretty like fine with it. This when you found out that your rabbit had been... Um, well, that was actually not true. They they told me that right. he'd been, you, it been neutered, been, but he hadn't right. been. They were, that, that was just you went actually, back and forth. It was like, I, we're going to get him neutered. No, he's already been neutered. Turned out he was never neutered. So actually the problem was just a bad vet. Yeah. Who couldn't tell, which is That's not great. Um, yeah. yeah. So basically, she brings up she brings up Tina in just about every interview she does, including her "How I Get It Done with the Cut." Um, and here are here are a couple uh, little snippets here. Um, in so in the morning after mm-hmm. she wakes up, she says, "I go and do all that stuff for Tina. That's my rabbit's name, Tina. I just found out. I just found out is a boy. She got sick and had they had to insert a catheter, and they called me and said, Amy, you know this is a male rabbit.' I was like, "What? What? So I just think Tina is a big is a big queen. <laughs> Great. Another one. Julian carrots are my extravagance. Scented candles and buying Julian carrots for Tina." I buy them for her maybe once a month, and I don't go through the whole bag. I call them French fries because they're sticks. I got caught stealing carrot tops because I've seen people just discard them, so I take them because they're free, and that's what Tina likes. I just take the tops off, put the carrots back. So I got caught doing that. I didn't think I was doing anything bad. I've been doing it for years. But this one lady who works at the grocery store said, you can't do that. (laughs) She's a delight. She's a delight. Um, there's also a Vogue article mm. that she uh, interviewed from like 2010 where she gives her rundown on rabbit care. Okay. Um, for anyone who's interested, I yep. actually get emails and, and messages you should just about this, this article. about this regularly, yeah. how to care for rabbits. Mm-hmm. Um, so she has, she has all sorts of tips in this article, including how to train rabbits to do tricks. Um, so her t- t- trick here. I found an animal. I found an animal behaviorist who lives in Chicago, and she taught Dusty, that's her previous rabbit, mm-hmm. how to play cards. I put out a deck, and then she'd take the cards and flick them into the bowl. Wow, that's a great trick. Great trick. Um, and speaking of House Rabbit Society, mm-hmm. she has videos on House Rabbit Society about rabbit mm. care. There's just like a lot what of what is sitters. House Rabbit Society? It's like about rabbit care and like okay. like what foods you can and cannot give them and okay. like how to cut their nails and what you know signs of certain illnesses or you know that sort of thing. I have all the same questions that people have about bunnies about babies. You think there should be a house baby society? Yes. Yeah. It's a good name, house baby society. <laughs> house baby as opposed yeah. to like it's an indoor baby yeah. not an outdoor no, baby. No, I have a house baby. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't. <laughs> he's, he's, he's mostly ne- confined to the house. Yeah, he's never yeah. really rolled around in mud yet. Mm-hmm. No, no. No, he's a house baby and I want to know how to clip his nails. That's right. <laughs> Don't leave us a voicemail about that. I like my nail clippers just fine. <laughs> uh, what else you got? Oh man, what else do Okay, speaking of babies. Um I am very very into this book um that I just think like everybody should should get at their baby shower. Basically, it's called Work Pump Repeat. It is by Jessica Shortall. I leave it on my bedside table and I reference it like at least a couple times a week. Um, it's basically a guide to pumping and you know to, to some extent to breastfeeding. And the name is a little misleading because obviously you know it it, it is for women who are pumping and working. But I think even if you're not working and you are just you pumping, are pumping, yeah. It is such a wonderful resource. It's written in a way that is just incredibly friendly and supportive and accessible. And I um, and you need that when you're going through, you know, this this period of pumping, which I will pause and say there is nothing that could have prepared me for just how all consuming pumping is. I mean, you know, because you are with me all of the time, but it is 
the act itself is consuming, but it's really the brain space that it takes up that I cannot like wrap my head around. It's just, you're constantly, you know, when am I going to fit in a pump? Do I have all the right pump parts? When am I going to clean the pump? And how long am I going to be able to pump for? There was a podcast um, on Vox about breast pumps and just like how um, slow the technology has come along and how we just like as a society still haven't figured out how to do this. Um, and one of the women said that the best thing about stopping um, pumping and and in turn stopping breastfeeding was that she got her brain back. And I was like, wow, yes, I, I can imagine because you spend so much time thinking about it. Um, this book just has so many like hacks and, um, and what are answers. The hacks? Oh, just like all sorts of, you know, it, I don't even know if you can call them hacks, but just things like tips and tricks, tips and tricks. At some point, you're going to forget some part of your breast pump, you need to leave like a manual one in your drawer at work. Um, things like that, that are just, and, and things about, um, you know, breast milk storage and, and what happens if you, you know, if your breast milk smells funny after it's been frozen and all of these things. And, and also I think really importantly, just lots of peppered with lots of reminders of like, it's going to be okay. And like one line that really sticks out to me is like, if your if, if your caretaker, your partner, whoever leaves out breast milk all day and like you realize you have to throw it out because they forgot about it and now it's spoiled, you just say out loud, renewable resource and throw it in the sink and just like remind yourself that this is not actually the end of the world. But even though it feels like it. So the last time I really saw a therapist like very regularly in a committed way and was like a good patient was when I lived on the Upper West Side, which is... And it was so convenient <laughs> to have a therapist when you live on the Upper si West, West Side, Side of New York because yeah. that's also where all the therapist's offices are. She was are. literally two blocks from my apartment. Oh, uh, spoiled. Wonderful. Yeah, um, spoiled. And now it's so challenging because I live in Brooklyn. It's not the same sort of like therapist mecca that the Upper West Side is. <laughs> Do um, you think which came first, like the mindset of being an Upper West Sider in New York or like the therapist? <laughs> Is being based in, in the Upper West Side. <laughs> Did you hear you got a hearty <laughs> chuckle out of Alex, Alex for that one? <laughs> that was a classic, Alex. Yeah, yeah that really played into him. Well, listen, now there is an alternative um, that is also just sort of conducive to our way of, of communicating these days because BetterHelp is online counseling. So with BetterHelp, you can now get help on your own time and at your own pace. They have 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states and four modes of communication, text, chat, phone, and video. You can start communicating with a counselor in under 24 hours and schedule weekly secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. Anything you share is confidential, and if for any reason you're not happy with your counselor, you can request a different one. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. A few things by Evakind listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code a few things. So why not get started today? Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with the counselor you'll love. Go to betterhelp.com backslash a few things. That's betterhelp.com slash a few things. I'm not really sure who I would be asking these questions to right. if I didn't have right, this right, book. Right, 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 right. It's not something I read like all the way through, but I'm pretty sure at this point I've read every Everything part. Everything in it. It yeah. talks about weaning. Um, it's just, it's really wonderful. And I I suppose you could ask a lactation consultant a lot of these questions, but it really feels like But a, you can't keep a lactation consultant on your nightstand. That's right. It's just really you know? a comprehensive resource. I haven't seen anything else out there like it. And I really do think any mom who who does plan on breastfeeding and pumping should should own this book into it yeah um okay what else was i gonna tell you about what else oh this feels like sort of a little a little quick one um so i read when was this a few a few months ago maybe um 
that on Well and Good, this was like one of these like sort of like one paragraph articles that Jennifer Aniston does a three minute plank. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, that feels like a good yeah. thing. To, like if if a seven minute workout feels too long, right. then maybe a three, three minute, minute plank, plank is the yeah. answer. Um, and planks just feel like such a good all, like whole body thing. And, yes, you know, why agreed. not? And, and you can do them anywhere. Exactly. So I was inspired by Jennifer Aniston, but then also my husband mm-hmm. who does sit ups and push ups a lot of mornings mm-hmm. during the week. Um, and he listens, he does them to the song, Thank God for Music. Um, I don't know if I know that song. I don't know that you would either. Okay. It's by this guy, Patrick Cowley. Okay. Um, it's like one of these songs where I don't know how popular it is because he plays it so much that right. in my mind it's, of a, course. it's a, like a hit. Yeah. And it's definitely not. <laughs> okay. Um, but so he does sit-ups and push-ups to this song. And I'm like, wow, it is just sort of nice to have this like... This routine that is like structured around a length of time that right. you're not like you're well, not like setting the, a timer. You're right. not like and it and like there's it's like, like something that fun about trick it. of clean to one song exactly like, clean as long as one song exactly yeah. it's exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, let me find some three minute. Yeah. Let me find some three minute songs mm-hmm. to plank to. The song "Wannabe" is fantastic. That's a for great this song. purpose. Um, I mean, for a lot of purposes. Yeah. Um, what I like about you, I feel mm. the earth move. They're all sorts oh, of great. Like, all What's sorts of options. Wannabe is my favorite okay. at this point. Yeah. Um, there's also a Spotify playlist that we'll link to in the recap that has uh, songs for all under three minutes. You could even just mm. like do one at random and just do it as long as you know, knowing yeah. that they're all, all going to be three minutes or less. Yes. Um, I don't know. Delightful. It just feels a little exactly. It just feels a little fun. It's delightful. It just feels thing. a tiny just little bit work fun. Out for one song. Yeah, that's yep. right. And just plank the whole time. Here's my quick and delightful thing. Um, Claudia Roden's orange almond cake, which I made for your birthday. It was delicious. And then my mom made for guests when we were in LA. She did an even better version of it, I thought. It is the easiest I thought they were both excellent. Thank you. I don't you. know why you thought hers was so much better. Because I really liked the texture. So, okay, let me back up. So this cake is so easy. It's really, you boil two oranges or like you simmer two oranges in yeah. water. You put the whole things in the food processor. So skin and all. Which is crazy. You're eating the orange peel. You're it's eating like you're going peel. for it. Yeah. Which apparently, I guess the... I, Pecatin, I think, yeah. in the orange yeah, yeah, peel yeah. is part thicken. of what... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. And then you add ground up almonds, sugar, some eggs, um, baking soda or powder. I can never remember. Um, and I wouldn't worry about it. People aren't going to follow this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. People right. aren't going to walk from the kitchen. Sometimes <laughs> I do just, you know, I'm a sucker for accuracy. Yeah, totally. Um, totally. But... And then you'd throw it all in a cake pan, and it is so good. It's gluten-free, obviously. So the the innovation that I thought my mom made was that her almonds weren't ground up as fine as mine, and it added what I thought was a very nice texture and just made it a little more custardy because it wasn't so much of a meal as it was. Like yeah. A, a, I don't know, Did she grind, grind hers from scratch? Did you grind yours from we scratch? We both ground ours from okay. scratch, but she just didn't grind hers as okay. fine. Um, I, I buy just, almond meal. I have so much almond meal. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I always just grind them in oh, the really? food. But you know I go to my I, my food processor, and I are like yeah. very tight, yeah. so. I do yeah, it all yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it both my mom and I served it with whipped cream, but I said I would go back and do like a sugared sour cream next time around because the cake itself is pretty sweet. I think you could even do straight Greek yogurt or straight regular That's, yogurt. Oh, yeah, you I did that. It with, That's right. I had it with regular like French style yogurt in LA that we bought at the Brentwood Farmer's Market <laughs> and it felt... So why don't you just go out and do that? Why don't you go felt, get French style yogurt from Brentwood incredibly Market. bougie yeah. and delicious. It's a really good cake. It is so easy. I made it for Erica's birthday like while I was still home taking care of the baby and like could manage that so you can you can manage this for your friend's birthday totally 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 um okay one more food related thing for me my friend jj who is just a 
goddamn gem. Um, he really and we have is. had him on this podcast. He has written uh, 20 cookbooks, including uh, April Bloomfield's cookbooks, the Pock Pock cookbooks. And he has this column that was nominated for a James Beard Award mm. on the website Taste, um, which I've been reading a lot lately. Um, and it's, I think it's called, ugh, I should have looked this up. I think it's called America's. Uh, worst best cook mm. um or something like that mm-hmm. um it's really excellent um but one of the things he writes about in this in his column is about long recipes and how mm-hmm. like he believes in long recipes and i'm always the sort of person who when like flipping through a cookbook or scrolling through a site if i see something long and like oh no thanks Same. no thank you time? who has the time and the point he makes is a long recipe doesn't actually mean it's necessarily harder. It might just be like explaining things that are right. useful to explain. It might just be providing context that a person needs in order to make a recipe successful. Um, and like, look, certain things I feel like I don't need that much context for and I just need a starting point. But yeah. other things when you are baking, especially, um, or making something that's a little bit more complicated or, you know, like yeah. if I were making uh, Persian rice for the first time, I would like to have an involved you want recipe extreme because specificity. I, yeah, because I don't actually know how I'm supposed to get it crisped at the bottom, right? You know, um, and yeah, he's saying that it just requires a lot more explanation than a lot of short recipes will give you, um, and just like he goes into great detail about how he approaches writing recipes like this, um, and. Um, and and like his thought process, which I love. So highly encourage this read. I do like extreme specificity around, especially when I'm baking. I want to like know exactly how this thing is happening and what it's supposed to look like as I'm like how brown all of that. Exactly. How exactly. brown. And yeah. I do. And also, you know, it's a nice opportunity for people to just get a little humorous and poetic in their recipe writing, which I appreciate, too. Um, I'm going to give you just one excerpt from this article to encourage Please you to read do. this thing. Converting the artistry and instinct of cooking into efficient exposition, I'm basically a professional Philistine turning every Picasso into paint by number, begins with diligent investigation. So when I begin the task, I channel Robert, I channel Robert Mueller. I don't just want to know whether a chef dices onions. I want to know how he trims the onions, which series of cuts he uses to produce which precise dimensions of onion cubes, where he bought the onion, where he got the money, and whether he has ever had any contact with WikiLeaks. No information seems too obvious to convey to my cohort of cooks. If it were up to me, each one would start from the top. First, extract yourself from your iOS device. Then, using your legs, transport yourself to the stove. I love it. I love it. I was telling you when you told me about this article that there was this like era of Tumblr writing where a lot of people were doing that to their recipes. And I and like I remember Tess Lynch was was doing this a lot. And this writer, Tyler, whose name I'm forgetting, last name I'm forgetting, but they would insert that like, okay, now first you have to turn off Breaking Bad because you're going to need to focus on this. (laughs) And I just I don't know. I just find it delightful. It's very charming. It's very charming. Um, my next one is also kind of a mom thing, um, but also not a mom thing. The television show Working Moms on Netflix. Um, I still haven't watched it. I know I have to. It's okay. It's not a homework assignment for you. <laughs> <laughs> you look so defeated. It's okay. There's other TV to watch. I um, know. I really enjoy the show. Um, someone who is not a mom told me about it and said, our, our the woman who's been doing our makeup lately, Amanda Holly, was like, you have to watch a show. You're really going to appreciate it. And she described it as... Um, sort of like sex in the city, but for a mom group. And that is kind of true. Um, but it's not what I find so delightful about it. What I find so delightful about it is it's extraordinarily well written. It's just a really funny show. Um, and I think even if you're not a mom, there are just scenes that are so hysterical. The one that really just got me and I think about all of the time is that 
two of the main characters in the show are sitting outside eating burritos, like having this intense conversation. And a mother and a sort of like four-year-old walk by and the four-year-old is having just an extreme tantrum. And you know. Meltdown city. Yeah. And so like as a viewer, you're like, oh, God, how is this going to be dealt with? Clearly, this is something's going to happen. One of the women who's sitting at the table eating her burritos turns to the child and just starts screaming and goes, shut it, you monster. Your mother is a goddamn angel. Which is just <laughs> obviously not the thing that you expect to have come out of her mouth. And then you're like, oh, my God, how's the mom going to react to this? And the mom just turns and goes. Thank you. And it's just like <laughs> such a lovely scene um, and hysterical. Um, but there are also so many scenes in general where as a new mom, I they were extraordinarily cathartic for me because they were these really small nuanced moments that if I had really thought about, I might have realized were universal, but I just like hadn't thought about. And then to see them represented on screen in this really like accurate way was very like I just cried I cried I cried I teared up at a scene where one of the moms is like in a meeting looking at pictures of her baby on her iPhone which is of course a universal experience but I was like yeah that's me you thought you were the only person right of course Um, (laughs) another one there's another one where an episode closes on a woman who is like wrestling with whether or not to give up breastfeeding because she's having trouble producing enough and her nanny and her father or her nanny and her husband are pressuring her to turn to formula and so she walks into the baby's room and wakes up the sleeping baby to get him to breastfeed and he's like crying and won't latch and then like um you know it's she's wrestling with him and finally he latches and starts eating and her entire body just like relaxes and she's just like has this moment of just huge relief and then the scene and the show ends and it was just such a perfect representation of what it feels like when you're like wrestling with this crying baby who won't eat i mean you've seen me yeah, yeah, yeah you've yeah, watched yeah. me in these situations where it's just like your whole being is just freaking out and you're like just freaking take the boot do it um so i really love it it was created by this woman Catherine reitman who is ivan reitman's daughter jason reitman's sister um who had really bad postpartum depression went back to work six weeks after having a baby and um decided to sort of deal with it by writing herself into all of these different characters in the show. Um, her husband co-produced it with her, and he also plays her husband on the show. And I I, he- I hear it on good authority from people who are not moms that it is still very enjoyable. I'm psyched to, I'm psyched yeah. to watch it. Um, I really am psyched to watch it. But you, you know, I got to get through Harder Dixie still. So you have, <laughs> you have some work to do. I've got a lot. I got yeah. a lot ahead of me. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? <sighs> You know, I think those are my those are my big ones. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here. Hey, you too. <laughs> you too. Um, that's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found. Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. Follow us at Avakind on Instagram and Twitter and like our Facebook page. If you have ideas or requests for the show, email a few things at Avakind.com. If you want to advertise, email advertising at Avakind.com. Our intro music, Butterfield East, is written and performed by the Soulful Saints, and we are here at Alex's house. <laughs> 